Hello and welcome to the Vagabond Way podcast. The journey goes ever on with the long road. This episode, Festival of the Artisan Highlights. Join Steve Bonham, Kev Moore and Chris the Bishop Lydon, that's me, as we look back at the Festival of the Artisan 2021 and pick out some of the highlights to share with you. Uh, Also, Kev Moore takes us on the next steps of his Camino trek and I share my Easter bake with you all. The Vagabond Way podcast featuring the long road is exploring the world of the troubadour, the adventurer, the vagabond. The world isn't beige, it isn't processed, it's authentic it's rich and it's real and if those are the sorts of sentiments that make your brain light up then hop on board we are embracing all of those things we're celebrating all of that and we'd love it if you joined us on the journey greetings i am chris the bish Lydon. thanks for joining us for this episode number 61 of the show Uh, After a week off last week to recharge our batteries, we return with a look back at the Festival of the Artisan that happened uh, at the end of March uh, and some of our highlights from it. Um, If you missed the festival, you can catch up with any and all of it at festivaloftheartisan.co.uk. The YouTube videos of the streams are up there on the homepage, uh, and in the days and weeks to come, we're going to be featuring particular songs from the sets um, and also labelling up the videos with time codes for when certain artists are on so they're a bit easier to navigate. But it's all up there please do go and check it out Uh, now we must say a huge 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 thank you to everyone who helped make the festival possible um arts council england as our main supporter we couldn't have done it at all without their support uh the sausage man as our main sponsor huge thanks to josh hannah and team uh, especially mr bratwurst um our other festival sponsors hobgoblin music deventio wines delilah fine foods and buffalo brownies um to all the artists who performed for us um chris hall and hazel scott as little roosters uh, bella hardy our fabulous artisan club paul bunting yana varga ed ramsey and Callon, elaine davidson and nick jenkins uh, blair dunlop uh, a special shout out to our own kev moore for comparing the whole event so brilliantly hosting and performing with our artisan club uh, as well as performing in the long road set as well um shout out to our artisan music show guests to rob McHale, ted russell camp Mark Mandeville and Ryan Richards and Mal McWatt. Um, everyone who joined in our Sing Together project, of course, people from all over the world. Uh, the video for that is out now. Just check out our social media on our website. Um, Trish and Gemma, who helped Steve with his Extraordinary Stories project. Um, the new videos for those songs are going to be coming out very, very soon. Um, Gemma and Jared, whose work hasn't yet been seen as they were there at the festival making a mini documentary of the whole thing. Uh, so that video is going to be coming out in, in due course. Uh, Claire and Ellen, who worked on the marketing, social media, and press for the festival. A huge thank you to you guys. Um, to the Venture Theatre in downtown Ashby de la Zouche, as Kev was saying. Um, our venue for the festival, Ken, Martin, Paul, in particular, who helped us with everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, to Arc Radio and to Boom Production Services, thank you for your support of the festival. Uh, now, special thanks from me go to the following people. Uh, Matt Gadsby, who was our sound engineer and just did an incredible job looking after all the sound for all the artists uh, and making sure our artists sounded good on stage, felt good on stage, uh, and everything sounded good for the live stream. Uh, just amazing work. Thank you, Matt. Um, to Dan and Duncan from Crosscut Media in Leicester, who did all the, the camera work and ran the live stream tech. Uh, they were just brilliant to work with. So easygoing and knew their stuff inside out. Just brilliant. Um, and Ali Bakewell, our stage manager, who kept 
everybody and everything on course for the whole event. Uh, you know, a thousand, thousand thank yous. Um, so, I mean, as you can hear, it takes a village, people, uh, to put on an event, um, even a relatively small-scale one such as this. Um, so please do check out the, the videos of the festival, um, share with your friends, uh, enjoy the music. There's there's so much good music, so much good stuff. Um, uh, and if you like what you see in here, please do consider donating. You can do that on the festival website. So head to festivaloftheartisan.co.uk. You can see it all there, and you can donate there as well. Um, so anyway, on to today's content. Steve, Kevin, and I, we look back uh, at the festival uh, and pick out some of our highlights from it. Um, so I'm going to hand over to me. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to this three-way chat between The Long Road. We've got Steve at home in Derbyshire. Hello, Steve. Hey, up, me duck. There we go. And we've got Kev, who's actually at one of our home-from-homes. He's at Woodworm Studios. Hello, Kev. I am representing us from uh, Oxfordshire. I don't know what the, the uh, uh, given greeting is in Oxfordshire. <laughs> no, I don't know. We best have to have to check the locals. Yeah. The, um, uh, and I'm at home in Manchester, so the, the Long Road is still all in the UK. So today we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, uh, bask in the the glory of the uh, the festival of the artisan yay, that happened yay. a couple a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, part of the reason why we had a week off last week was just to um, <laughs> recharge our juices, get have a lie off, down basically, uh, have, have a lie down, which is essentially what I've been doing for the past yeah. two weeks. A chance for us to reflect on the festival and see and and think back on because it's it's one of those sort of whirlwind things. Really, it's uh, it was a, a, a lot of activity in a very short space of time, like we were all used to in the before times, and then all of a sudden we've had not much going on for a long time, and then there's this huge burst of activity. We had, I should have counted up, we had something like 12, 13, 14, 15 artists yeah. all in the same building, not all at the same time, spread over the two days, um, all performing music from a festival stage yeah. um, and going out to the world. Um, and it, I think it went remarkably well, really. Considering it, um, it did, yeah. yes. Yeah. I credit you, Bish. I mean, it, it was uh, astonishingly high quality. And no, I'm not just saying that. Lots of people have said, wow, you know, you, you pulled it off. You pulled it off. I've done a lot of TV shows as well, but it's like seeing what was going on, I'm thinking, how is this all pulling together? Uh, and when <laughs> I actually watched it back in the comfort of my own of a living room later, it was like, <laughs> wow, there, there's like, you know, there's like little intersection panels and 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 what i said was going to come up next actually came up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, i found that quite impressive to be so don't know, have, you, have you guys got particular highlights whether that's musical or just sort of event highlights my personal highlight was was actually was presenting the the artisan club thing because i thought oh you know beforehand i thought oh yeah okay that that's good i'll do that that'll be fun do a couple of songs and introduce the other people but i thought I actually thought this is really cool, you know. Three of us yeah. sat up there, and then it changes into another couple of people, and and just chatting a bit in between the songs and uh, how people got their ideas. And uh, I just thought that is a really cool thing, and I could imagine doing that on a regular basis. You know, it's such a fun. It was a bit like the BBC Two Songwriters Circle kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, I, I I love that format. I mean, when I gig in the states, that tends to be. And I think it's an incredibly generous way of playing with other people. It works really well. And actually, for me, the Artisan Club was one of my highlights for, for, for two main reasons. Because I thought that the... I mean, I know 
we programmed the Artisan Club, so it shouldn't come as a surprise to us. But actually, I genuinely thought that the, the array of it, different approaches to this notion of Artisan from the four artists, and you, Kev, as well, because you, you, know, you were performing as well, the five people we had performing, I thought presented a really broad and interesting range of the artists, the people genuinely handcrafting these things and telling stories through these, through these songs they were performing. I thought it was so varied and so interesting. Yeah. And so... I looked at it, I thought it was so different. All of yeah. these are so different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was and, lovely. And, 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 and musically, you know, you had everything from quite jazzy stuff to yeah. sort of 1940s ballads to... And they um, all stepped up, you know. Uh, they were uh, even better than what we'd, we'd kind of auditioned via the web. Yeah, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and I was very uh, impressed. There were, there, were, there were things that you could see, actually, yeah, that, you know, they... Um, I mean, I'm going to pick out one, not and uh, just because he was the youngest, I think, and he'd only been he'd only been playing for a year. <laughs> I know, Ed Ed Ramsey, he'd only been playing for a year. All of, like I say, all of them did a great job, but in particular, I think Ed did a superb job yeah. because um, he hasn't he hasn't performed on guitar before. <laughs> he he'd been he'd been performing at home on guitar. That was his first time on on, on stage performing guitar, and I thought that was brilliant. But also, actually, Kev, you said this during your show, like, you'd never actually performed solo guitar. Yeah. And I had always thought that in my head when me and Steve were thinking about this months and months and months ago. I had kind of thought that, that maybe Kev hasn't done this before. Maybe this is actually a new thing for you. And that is part of what we were trying to do as well, was get, is to push people's boundaries a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, quite by accident, we pushed your boundaries quite a lot then. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> right, you did. But also I also discovered my inner Bruce Forsyth, which was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that a great deal. For me, Artisan Club was one of the was uh, you know uh, was a very special segment of it um, for for loads loads of reasons. Um, Steve, Steve, what about you? What what would your uh, oh, oh, uh, there's lots, but, but I think yeah, we've talked about the Artisan Club, and that you know it's the bits where you think, oh, that's an idea. Let's see if we can make it work, and it and it worked. I thought the whole you know uh, not including myself in this comment for obvious reasons, but I thought the artists, all of them, really worked, not just individually, but they built it built up. And and, and mm. it's an awful lot about artisan music and the idea of it, because it was so diverse, yet it never felt awkward or odd or, you know, it, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was listening to Chris Hall and uh, uh, in Little Rusa, and, and, and they were doing all this great cajun Zydeco, mm. Creole stuff, and, then you had Bella come on after that with actually a completely unaccompanied, stark folk song. And you thought, yeah. that feels all right. Doesn't feel strange at yeah, all. Yeah. Hey, that feels really good. So that I, I felt really nice. That felt nice. I, I loved I loved I loved Paul in the Artisan Club. I I, mean, I didn't know his stuff before, but <laughs> he just doesn't know how good he is, Paul. He really yeah. doesn't. And he did come out with the best joke when he started singing this song about the sea and talked about it being written in the little seaside town of chesterfield i you know <laughs> just yeah and he does that doesn't he just slips them under the carpet when you're not watching he does yeah. yeah the tapestry that we were trying to weave i think was a an interesting tapestry and a, a wildly interesting yeah. tapestry um and it's down to the artist having that having the 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 guts and the the brains to stick with that stuff. Uh, I mean, one of my one of my highlights in terms of a particular song, uh, and I think this was shared by lots of people in the room at the time, um, was Bella Hardy's second to last song. Yeah, I was just um, about to talk about which, that. W- 
which was so it was called i've just checked her set list just to make sure i got the title wrong but it's called among the among these stars and she played it on harmonium yeah. so she had a, a hand a hand pumped harmonium on stage which blew which blew my mind <laughs> and joined the soundtrack like you've brought out harmonium. this is brilliant um and uh, so among these stars was uh, a song that she wrote about the black lives matter movement um but before a lot of us had probably heard of the black lives matter movement black lives matter came onto the seen globally in a huge way last year 2020 mm-hmm. but but she saw a protest that went on in something like 20 was it 2017 8 2018 something like that yeah. when she was in new york and i just i mean bella's approach to how she introduced that song and then how she performed it uh, i just thought was utterly it was stunning yeah absolutely stunning um and was a, a shining example of of how the the real world plays into the, the the stuff that we as artists we can't help we feel we have to make these things yeah. we have to tell these stories and that was a that was you'll forgive the pun a shining example of that and it was lovely hearing people's you know like uh, Jana had that song about the the area of the, of the world where she grew up you know between Austria and Slovakia and um, you know how it used to be below the sea and all that sort of thing and uh, just so interesting hearing where people get their their inspirations from you know one of my favorite songs from the whole festival again was from artisan club ed ramsey's song about his pal basically uh and it, it was really honest and really if and, and i mean toxic masculinity isn't something we, that we've talked about a lot on this podcast but something that's come across <laughs> in the world uh over the last few years and how you approach uh you know i mean i don't know how old ed is i'm, I'm i mean i'm presuming he's sort of early 20s like very early 20s um but he was he managed to write a song that actually was in his own voice, but was was telling his story about his pal, yeah. and I thought it was in, I thought it was really really well done, a, a folky heart to it, but little bits of pop and little bits of all kinds of stuff in there, and it and I think that sort of thing will will speaks to people. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's the sort of thing that does speak to speak to people. I mean, we've we said at the end of the festival we had a little committee meeting just to decide whether we're going to say it. But we said at the end of the festival, join us at the end of March, the last weekend of March next year, twenty twenty two, the next festival. Um, and hopefully that one will. Um, I mean, sort of talking about it, we're planning that it'll still have a live stream element to it because it's a, it's an opportunity to get stuff out there. But hopefully next time we'll be able to have an audience as well. So Kev won't be just sort of saying hello to. An empty room, well, a room with five people in it who are all with headphones on or checking lists or doing technical things, um, whilst Kev is trying to speak to the world through through this little lens so on I a had camera. to really sort of, you know, dig, dig into kind of like some kind of weird um, sort of fantasy thing, you know, that yeah. I was in, a, in some kind of, you know, sale of the century theatre or something <laughs> yes, in yeah, downtown absolutely. Norwich. Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so hopefully next year we'll be back with uh, a live audience and more brilliant artisan music definitely absolutely (laughs) actually would have been my highlight was the extraordinary way in which uh, the big man managed to weave in a reference to the sausage man at every single opportunity. It was unbelievable. I mean, there was actually some risque humour at one time, if I remember rightly. There was some... Yeah, we sailed a bit close to the... Yeah, a bit close to the censorship. Uh, yeah, well, that was... <laughs> first moment of... This 
week is a snippet from his Festival of the Artisan opening act. He opened the festival. Um, so I'm just going to hand over to Steve. Although I will say perhaps you'll recognise little snippets of the song he plays for us uh, as we use that song as some of the, the stings or the interstitial jingles for this very podcast. Anyway, I'm going to hand over to Steve. So I was, uh, I was tra- trekking through the, uh, the uh, Appalachian Mountains and after five or six days, I was done in, I was done for, and I ended up in this little town. Town. Town is an exaggeration for a place with the Webb Brothers store and four houses. The Webb Brothers store was like something you see out of an old James Dean movie. It's a US mail sign half hanging off, a Coca-Cola sign, a broken gas pump, and a shop that sold mostly grits and bullets. And um, I was trying to get, find out how I got out of there. I was fast asleep in the store in a big leather chair they conveniently had. And as I woke up, I saw this big tall guy uh, talking, slightly chatting up with the little girl behind the counter. And he was saying the most extraordinary things to her. I basically said, I, d- I, don't, I don't work, I just ride my motorbike. And um, I don't believe in work. And I, and I just live on my motorbike and I travel around... But I do have, I do have the world's long-distance minibike record. And I kind of looked, and then he left, and I kind of fell back asleep. But when I woke up later, I thought, did I just dream that? I mean, who has the world's longest minibike journey? Anyway, when I got back to England, I looked, looked it up, and there he was, Kevin Beaner. In fact, I was talking to him on Facebook today, and he had, he rode a minibike... Uh, he's six foot four from uh, the Mexican border to Alaska. And that's what he does. He, when you see him, you think he must be a hippie or something. And he kind of is, but he was in the Marines. He's always pains to point out he didn't shoot anyone. Anyway, the chorus of this song uh, centers on a, a very famous famous. 11 miles, called the Dragon's Tail, uh, of up and down and 367 bends. It's the most uh, famous motorbike trip in the States. And um, not everyone gets round, and there's a, and quite a few fall off. I think it's sort of half a dozen fatalities a year or something horrible. Um, and when they rescue the bikes that have fallen off the man's side, they hang bits of them on a tree at the bottom called the Tree of Shame. And I, and I drove past it, I have to say, not on a motorbike once, and uh, it's quite a mournful sight. So this song is for Kevin Beaner and the Ballad of the Dragon Tree. Real slow. There's no call for work round here because economy's running tight. 
Don't make much, much better sense to hang around and make a fight. We'll tie you up in a rope or dope, smother you in fear. So be heading down that singing road, I'll be seeing you next year. Riding on a dragon's tail, ain't never gonna feel the same. Hitting the curve at 98, heading for a tree of shame. And the dragon tries, and so do I, the kiss of the morning sun. To think of you, I may not do, love you more than anyone. Sun on my back in the early morning, the holly running hard. Smell sweet clover in the evening air and some sleep in the old barnyard. Scent of the pine on the winter's breeze, sage on the desert breeze. I don't give no mind to the weather girl, you know she's just a tease. Riding on a dragon's tail ain't never gonna feel the same. Hidden curve at 98, heading for a tree of shame. And the dragon flies and so do I, kiss of the morning sun. Sway with you, I cannot do to love you more than any Small-time girls ain't never gonna tie me down I'm heading out to the borderlands To the west coast I am bound Across this mighty land of ours Right to the sunset set You know I ain't got that much But dreams and no regrets Riding on a dragon's tail Ain't never gonna feel the same Hitting the curve at 98 Heading for a tree of shame And the dragon so do I in the kiss of the morning sun Stay with you, what can I do To love you more than anyone Saw him in the hickory store Of a one-eyed town down south Red bandana and a sunburnt shirt And a grin upon his mouth Saw him in the hickory store Of a one-eyed town down south Red bandana and a sunburnt shirt And a grin Upon his mouth. Thank you. Hello again, everyone, and welcome once again to Kev's Cafe Corner, that cosy nook in cyberspace where I sit and regale you with tales of my Camino journey through northern Spain. You may remember last time you left me on Friday, October the 16th, heading for Cadoveda, and hopefully a cheap hostel found by my trusty bike vanguard, Emil. So hoist your backpacks and join me further on up the road. I had a good 25 kilometres to do today, and the first half of it consisted almost entirely of forest. The amount of rain that had come down recently now seriously started to affect my day. I encountered a set of rapids which I had to cross to continue onwards. A raging torrent which, while not particularly wide, could not be easily jumped, 
especially taking into account the weight of my rucksack. I sat and studied the problem for a while, finally deciding to take off my rucksack. I removed my boots and socks and I put my flip-flops on and waded through it, using my staff to steady my progress. I then had to trudge up a muddy hill in them before finding somewhere suitable to put my rucksack down again, clean the flip-flops in a puddle and change back into my boots. The place I stopped was a small wooden bench just before the path entered the village of Noveana. On the bench was an inscription, En memoria de Angelinos y Ebel, and the words, Caminante, no hay camino, se hace camino al andar, and a date, 2019. The quote is by Antonio Machado, a poet of the Spanish literary movement known as the Generation of 98, as they were active at the time of the Spanish-American War. And it means, Walker, there is no path, the path is made by walking, which of course I take to mean you make your own destiny. Under the bench was a bucket filled with brightly painted stones in all the colours of the rainbow. I didn't know the significance of them at the time, but I believe that pilgrims are invited to take them to place further along the trail. Rested with dry feet, I walked into Novelaya, which had a few delightful surprises of its own. The village was filled with pushbikes of all shapes and sizes, painted in bright colours and decorated with plant pots full of flowers. Absolutely delightful. I must have counted at least a dozen as I walked through, and it was clear it was something the villagers had great pride in and had fun with. Further down the trail, I came upon another fast-flowing stream, and this one looked a lot tougher to cross, and it didn't look doable in flip-flops. I stood pondering my predicament, when a Spanish couple came up behind me. They immediately got to work trying to find a way over and between us we manoeuvred a large log and a length of bamboo in position across the torrent to create a kind of footbridge. Neither of them had a staff so we took it in turns to use mine in order to maintain our balance as we precariously inched our way across. It felt like such an achievement we stood there in the forest and gave ourselves a round of applause. Three strangers coming together to solve a problem and then going their separate ways. Some kilometres later, I found a spot for lunch, a lovely family-run bar restaurant and a friendly old couple who just made you feel so welcome. And once again, an incredible 10 euro deal for three courses. It was superb and great road fuel. One of the joys of living like this is you can truly enjoy your food guilt-free because you certainly don't put any weight on. There were quite a few more hills to negotiate on the last section and a little more forest too, but I made the albergue in Cadavedo at six on the dot and had the entire place to myself. A warm shower and I relaxed for the evening. Emile messaged me to say she'd arrived in Luarca by bike and got a good deal on a hotel, so I resolved to book in there for tomorrow too. Lights out at eleven and I slept like a baby. Next time, lost in the undergrowth. See you later. Well, it's 
just been Easter, so why not shoehorn in an Easter bake, thought I, um, into my Bishop's Daily Bread segment. Uh, This week was a new venture for me, hot cross buns. Now, I've made fruited buns before, I suppose, but actually never massively successfully. A tea cake a few times last year, but that was just... Is it raisins or sultanas? You know, relatively simple fruited bun. The recipe I was using for hot cross buns this time had sultanas, uh, mixed peel, orange zest, and fresh apple. I was surprised at the fresh apple. I thought it would cause issues. Uh, but sometimes one must simply trust the recipe. Uh, this particular recipe was by a certain uh, Mr. P. Hollywood, an unknown in the baking world, to be sure. What would he know, possibly? Um, anyway, I'll start at the end. The resulting hot cross buns were actually pretty good. Nice, sort of soft buns, fruity, uh, a gentle spice from the cinnamon. Um, pretty great. I was I was pretty pleased for my first time round. But they did feel like they took all bloody day to make. <laughs> um, I mean, you make the basic dough initially, and then that has to prove. And then you add in the fruit, and then that has to prove. And then you divide and shape the dough, and then that has to prove. And then you bake it. And by this time, <laughs> perhaps your enthusiasm has waned for a, a homemade hot cross bun when one could have simply bought one from the shops. Um, it seemed interminable at the time. Um, and I'll be honest, these hot cross buns, um, the hot cross element if that's what we're going to call it, the, the cross on top, the hot cross element. Uh, it wasn't perfect. Uh, it looked a little wonky. And it didn't have the, the texture of a shop-bought HCB. Um, but that's only a superficial element, so I wasn't that bothered. But the, the top crust of the buns, these were a little hard, dense, not crunchy, um, like, I suppose, almost rubbery, I guess, Um I'm not sure if this was due to over-baking or perhaps over-handling or under-kneading or the shaping wasn't right. Uh, I don't know. Um, I actually did commit this time to hand-kneading this lot, um, so perhaps I need some work there. Do you get it? Need? Kneed? Need? Kneed? Oh, well. Um, now, the big question. Was it worth going to the effort of making your own hot cross buns? You know, I asked the same thing myself when I did croissant, um, and I fear my next croissant experiment is looming. I can feel it in my waters. Um, was it worth the effort, these HCB? Now, if I had to jump down on one side of this fence, I'd say probably not. You can get pretty damn good HCB from any supermarket these days. Tasty, fruity, spicy, soft, all-round good buns. Were these homemade ones that much better? I I wouldn't say so. And I just feel like even with improvement, the effort to reward ratio just didn't. It just wouldn't seem to pay off on this one. Would, would I ever make them again? Yes, I almost certainly will make them again. But not for a while. You know, as a special occasion, go for it. Yeast, Easter's only... Yeaster? Is that the new name for it? Yeaster! Um, Easter's only once a year, isn't it? Um, as far as I know. Um... So as a special occasion, go for it. Um, I think with a with a, a simple loaf or even a simple batch of rolls, it's quite easy to absorb that into your sort of regular weekly pattern of, of making stuff, um, and it just becomes part of the process. I feel these sorts of treat rolls with their many, many stages, uh, it just sort of sits just outside of that. It's not just stuff you can just grab off your shelves 
um, and and throw into a into a mix. Um, I'm glad I tried it though. Um, another string to my bow, uh, and next time some things to try to improve upon. Uh, but I think I think that container of mixed peel in my cupboard right now might just sit undisturbed for a few months alongside those those chocolate molds I used back in December. Anyway, next week, uh, on the suggestion of the uh, the real baking puppet master here, my old pal Steve, next week is pretzels. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, wherever in the world you are. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and now YouTube as well. The next episode will be out next Friday. Join us on YouTube for the Transatlantic Connection show and become part of the Transatlantic Connection movement. Head to youtube.com slash thelongroadband. If you fancy buying us a coffee, you now can at buymeacoffee.com slash thelongroadband. It's dead simple to just drop us a few quid to support what we do. It even accepts Apple Pay and Google Pay. Super easy. Uh, all of our music and merch is on Bandcamp, where you can help support a positive ecosystem for the music industry. Download streaming, vinyls, CDs, the companion book. It's all there. The Long Road Band bandcamp.com we're on patreon at patreon.com slash the vagabond way big thank you to our patreons and a special shout out to orla flynn james lyden Stuart lyden yvette lyden and trish taylor thank you for your ongoing support if you'd like to support us become a vagabonder you'll get free digital stuff and merchandise in the post if you want it help us create something different something that entertains and something that inspires others so join us on the journey and release the vagabond within patreon.com slash the vagabond way Thank you once again, brave adventurers, vagabonds and explorers, for joining us on the Vagabond Way. Remember, the world isn't beige. It's authentic, it's rich, and it's real. Embrace every last bit of it. Until next time, the journey goes ever on with The Long Road. Bye for now. (laughs) 